Greetings, rare ones, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast with me, your host, Joanne A. Hamilton. I created this podcast because I was curious to learn about the startup ecosystems in developing countries. The Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast is where you will hear me have unique conversations with early stage startup founders, ecosystem builders, innovators, and investors from across emerging markets. It is an opportunity for all of us operating in these countries to learn, share, and exchange experiences beyond our borders. Although complex and varied, there are more similarities than differences in the narratives. If you're new, welcome. Rare ones come here to gain fresh perspective and insights into what is happening on the ground from the people who are creating shifts and driving the action. It is where they can connect through stories which are distinctive, honest, and relatable. Thanks for listening in, and I hope at the end, you feel compelled to join our growing global community of rare ones. Greetings, rare ones, and welcome back to Education Adoption Blockchain in Africa. It's me, as always, Joanne, your host, and we are now on episode 183. Today, I have the pleasure to introduce you to our new guest, our new rare one, and his name is Peter Oluwashina, and he's based in Nigeria. And the topic Peter shared with us today is called the three layers of blockchain education. So just a little bit of background about Peter. Peter is an entrepreneur who is passionate about providing solutions to problems in emerging markets through technology, innovation, and marketing. He's worked for a plethora of companies, all of which you can find on his website, which I will uh, tell you a little bit uh, in a few minutes. And many of those companies are VC-backed companies. So he's helped to scale products to millions of people. He discovered Bitcoin five years ago. And like many, he went down the, yes, rabbit hole. And ever since then, he's had an amazing journey working in marketing for million dollar blockchain projects. And he is an educator and he's really been involved with educating thousands of people about the technology itself and the multitude of career opportunities available in the industry. There is more to being in blockchain than being a developer. So if you have a skill, if you have been working, for example, as a solicitor or as a journalist or in marketing, there is a place for you in this space. And Peter outlines uh, all of that uh, very nicely in his book, which I, again, I will tell you about a little bit later. So. Peter is skilled in blockchain knowledge and fundamentals, uh, marketing, both B2B and B2C, copywriting, content creation, all of that good stuff. Um, he's a brilliant writer. I actually found out about Peter through his book, uh, which I read, which is called Blockchain and Cryptocurrency, The New Oil. I highly recommend it. It's a great book. Uh, it's simple. It's easy to read and understand for any age group and for any anyone really in the industry at any level. So uh, what are you gonna learn in today's conversation? Okay, so we're gonna talk about Peter's career profile a little bit. We talk about CeeLo, which is the, com the last company that he was working for. He's no longer with CeeLo. He's uh, full-time on his, his own um, 
project now. And we're going to go over the three layers of uh, education, targeting regulators as layer one, programmers, builders, operators, et cetera, as layer two, and then the consumer or the public as layer three. So he provides a understanding of each level and we go into some themes and topics and all of those levels. Uh, which gives you, a, again, a, a better overview of this entire ecosystem and all of the actors that are involved. And he gives some tips, for example, startups. So what are some of the common blunders that startups make when they're trying to marketing? And we talk about things like marketers being a key part of the design phase, building products people don't use and people don't understand. Lots of interesting details. Uh, and we end with um, just him providing some, some thoughts on how blockchain technology can change lives. Okay, more importantly, I want to share with you some brilliant resources that Peter shared. CELO, which you can find at CELO.org, CryptoSavannah, um, CryptoSavannah.com. He also mentioned uh, S uh, Shiban, which is the... Um, sort of the blockchain network group in Nigeria and his eBooks, Blockchain and Cryptocurrency, The New Oil and the Multi-Billion Dollar Industry. All are available on his website, oluwashinapeter.com. Have no worries. These are all outlined in the resources mentioned section of the Rare Birds website, the same place where you would listen to the podcast. So just scroll down to the bottom and you will see Peter's LinkedIn, his Twitter, all of the resources. Please feel free to reach out to him. Um, He's willing and open to collaborations. So I hope you enjoy listening in to today's podcast episode. And as always, I will see you at the end. Okay, folks, bye for now. Welcome, Peter, to the Rare Birds podcast. Thank you, Joran, for having me here. I'm glad to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so excited to have you on as a part of this series to discuss this topic because you and I have great conversations all the time. So I'm happy that we can share this one with the public. <laughs> okay, so Peter, tell, tell the listeners, tell the rare ones, who is Peter? Give us your backstory before we jump into the topic. Okay, so uh, my name is Peter Lashino. I'm based in Nigeria. Um, so I work with a project called um, Cello. Uh, I'm, I'm the Africa growth lead at C Labs. We're working on Cello and all that product. So we're trying to bring, um, you know, uh, blockchain-powered products to to the general public. You know, and uh, yeah. So I, I got into the to the uh, blockchain uh, industry. I think 2016 and. I started off as a content marketer and, you know, uh, my main focus has been educating people and, you know, trying to get products uh, in front of people, uh, products that can help them solve, you know, real life problems and all of that. So, yeah, it has been an amazing journey ever since. Great, great. So, but can you tell us a little bit about CELO for those that don't know what CELO is and what you guys do there and what you do at CELO as well? So, um, yeah, so I, I work at C Labs and, you know, we contribute to Cello, which is a project, right? So, uh, okay, the, got it. Thanks for yeah, that so, clarification. Uh, I, I, I get that messed up a lot. <laughs> so, thanks for that. It's fine. So, C Labs is actually Cello Labs, it's just a short form. Got uh, it. Yeah. So, uh, Cello is actually an open platform that makes uh, financial tools available to anyone 
with a mobile phone. And you know, and in, in the whole blockchain industry, you know, there's a lot of speculation and a lot of people trying to build products that you know that would change the world, that you know would you know make uh, solve people's problem. But the, the real fact is, most of these uh, projects are not really building for people, so to say. So at Celo, we are building for you know people, and you know where will you find most people? These are smartphone users. There are about six billion. Uh, smartphone users around the world. So we are building products that you know smartphone users can use, uh, which is powered by the blockchain. So yeah, uh, Celo was uh, it started off around 2017, and you know the main net launched uh, around uh, sometimes early last year. And um, yeah, so Celo raised about 30 million dollars from VCs like uh, Polychain Capital. Android in Norwegian, you know, and so many of them. And we also had a token sale where we, you know, sold about $10 million worth of seller tokens and all of that. So, yeah, um, at the moment, we've, uh, you know, had so uh, amazing products out there. And uh, we launched Cello uh, Dollars, which is a stable coin, uh, sometimes around June last year, I guess. And um, also, Valora and Valora is, uh, is a global payment. Hub, you know, where you know anyone can share, send, or receive value using just a mobile phone number. And we are trying to use, uh, you know, these products to solve real-life problems for everyone. Like, you know, problems like um, remittance, receiving money from, you know, uh, across borders, then intra-African remittances, and, and all of that. So yeah, that's great. That's great, and that's why you're the perfect person to discuss the topic with us today, which we're exploring, which is three the three layers of blockchain education, right? So yep. what are the three layers? Tell us what the three layers are, Peter. So yeah, uh, the, the three layers I would say is, uh, you know, the first layer is uh, the, the blockchain education for regulators, for government, you know, for lawmakers, you know, basically the people who, who you know, who make the law and, you know, and the second layer would be for the key players, you know, the communicators, the programmers, you know, the business executives, you know, people who create stuff and all of that. And then the third layer would be the education targeted at, at the general public, right? So the whole point of building products that will change the world is for people out there to use them. So those are the three layers. Okay, so shall we dive layer by layer? beginning yes. let's begin so we begin at the top so the first year the first layer you have the regulators you have government lawmakers etc so tell us about that layer what what important yeah, um, what what's their importance in in the entire blockchain ecosystem yeah so uh, i'm gonna take um i'm gonna make reference to the ongoing you know lawsuits going with uh repo and the us sec and all of that so you know, uh, there is there is this tension about Ripple being a security token or not, and you know that there is a heavy loss. So there's an ongoing fight, so to say, and you know large exchanges are delisting uh, Ripple, uh, the XRP token from, from the exchange. So now, what what this means is, you know, we need we need uh, you know people who are you know much more who are in the legal side of things, who are in the regulation side of things, and who also understand the blockchain technology to, you know, approach the governments and, you know, the, the regulators, the, the, big, the, the top players, right, and, you know, explain how most of these things works and communicate to them in their own language, right? Because, you know, uh, 
the, the, the truth is adoption can't happen without the government and the regulators being, you know, if, no matter how small the role they play, they, they have to play a, a huge role, right? Because if you think about it, for people, you know, there's, there, there's a need for, there's this fire to bridge into crypto, right? So for people to cross that fire to bridge into crypto, it means the government has a very huge um, responsibility to play in this space. So we need educator. Education is needed for, you know, people, you know, you know, talk to uh, uh, this government, you know, so that whenever there is a, a regulatory framework that is being created, you know, it, 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 it will be created in a way that it will not stifle the growth of, of uh, you know, uh, blockchain projects and businesses and all of that. So I wouldn't really dive much into that because that's not uh, my uh, core strength. But, you know, for example, down in Africa, we have, you know, uh, bodies and institutions that, you know, uh, are trying to approach most of these uh, um, government uh, agencies and all of that. So, for example, in Nigeria, we have uh, a, a community uh, called CBAN, which is shareholders in Blockchain Association of Nigeria, and which I'm a part of. I'm a member of, of this uh, community, and you know, we have uh, you know we have various uh, key players in, in this community, and you know, we 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 approach you know. Uh, the SEC of Nigeria and you know uh, government agencies and all of that. So uh, also in, in East Africa, there is there is one I'm aware of which is called Crypto Savannah, and you know they do a lot of regulatory stuff with the government as well. So we need this uh, you know educational bodies who can talk to the government and you know explain how most of these things work, so they don't create laws and create uh, frameworks that that would uh, basically um, short short of growth for blockchain projects. So yeah. Okay, you said you mentioned the group you're a part of. What is it called again? CBAN, uh, Shareholders in Blockchain Association of Nigeria. Okay, would you say that's a lobby group, a lobby association that lobbies government? I wouldn't say, <laughs> I wouldn't say lobby group actually. It's a standalone group, but you know, we have different key players from uh, you know, from different spheres of, of the blockchain industry playing playing a huge part and contributing to the growth of, of blockchain in the country. I see. And you're a part of that group, you said, right? Yes, I am. So do you guys sort of like, okay, I'm just trying to, to get an idea of what you do. So you're not a lobby group, I understand that. But are you, do you liaise with government or are you like, maybe you could tell us like, what are some of the things that the group actually does, if that's all right? Yeah, so we do a lot of things, uh, but the main focus has been education and around the three uh, layers that we've been talking about. And then, you know, we have, uh, you know, we have expert lawyers in, in, in the group, you know, expert, uh, um, uh, you know, people who have worked in, 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 in the government uh, agencies, you know, so, you know, they have an idea of how most of these laws have been made in, in, in the higher, you know, by by the higher lords, so to say, and you know, so whenever a a decision is you know um, is to be made, you know, so these are the key players that they approach. Like, okay, we we want to, for example, the government will say we want to um, create a, a regulatory framework around the blockchain in Nigeria. So we need experts who who uh, you know are well versed in these uh, subjects matter. And you know, we could have we could have uh, people from Siban go attend that meeting, you know, and, you know, 
using taking feedbacks and you know knowing the structure of our businesses and project is run they take this and you know they go up there and sit down with the government and you know lay out plans that would favor both sides of the party so okay i understand perfect thank you for explaining that now i get it okay I, mean, I know you said this is not your layer, so you don't want to dive too deeply into it, but that was really good. Thank you for that. So now to the second layer, which I think is the layer that you are most knowledgeable about. Obviously, the public layer as well, but the second layer is, is your layer, right? So that's the layer that has the key players, the businesses, the creators, the entrepreneurs. So tell us what's happening there. Yeah, so um, I think this layer is actually very, very important. and. Um, you know, um, the, the the blockchain industry is still quite small because, uh, you know, um, congratulations to to the crypto markets crossing $1 trillion in market cap. <laughs> that's, I know. That's a great milestone, actually. <laughs> I know. But then, um, yeah, so, you know, it, it just shows, like, uh, there is a lot of interest by, you know, large corporations. You know, we have... We have um, large um, corporations like um, PayPal, you know, adding crypto features into the platform. You know, we have, you know, the richest man on the planet, Elon Musk, who is a very great fan of um, of crypto. Actually, you know, you know, we, we have a lot of hedge funds buying into crypto and large institutions buying into crypto. So it means it means a lot of a lot of um, money is flowing into the space. But that also means that you know. A lot of products still needs to be built. A lot of products still needs to be scaled, and this means there is a lot, there is a need for you know um, creators, business entrepreneurs, you know, you know marketers, communicators, you know, uh, you know all sorts of skills that could you know scale these products and put them in the in the in the right hands of people who need them. So, for example, let's take an example for you. You are a very good communicator. So we need people like you who can talk, who knows how to talk to the right people using the right words and the right language. So there's a need for education. There's a need for education to draw in most of these people into this space because, you know, I, I personally, I, I think there's, there's a shortage of talents, you know, in the blockchain industry, ex ex especially whenever we are in the beer market. A lot of people leave the industry, you know, and venture into other industries. So we need more people who, you know, who, who, who would, um, would buy into the idea that it's not just not about money it's about solving people's problem it's about you know creating products that could really help billions and millions of people all around the world right so there is a there is a deep need for education for you know there are, there are, there are for example like there are digital marketers out there who are perhaps focused in the fashion industry right so you know we could educate them and tell them about the blockchain industry and you know have them join us so we, we need more hands and more talent in the industry so to say so yeah yeah well thank you for the compliment peter and you know the, some of the conversations that you and i have had actually led to this series being created you know blockchain education because we both are on the same page in that we realize that the technology is there to solve problems and the only way to solve these problems is to bring everybody in. We need more than just mm -hmm. developers, right? You need everybody. You need the journalists and like you said, the marketers and the communicators. You need lots of different people coming from different backgrounds who can make it happen, who can make it work. You can't just have tech people because we know that the tech people are very good at the tech, but that doesn't always mean that they're good at conveying what that means for the third layer, which is the people in the public. 
So it's right. it's crucial to the success of any technology that you um, that you bring a lot of different uh, actors on board. But you know, exploring that a little bit more, why do you think that is? Why do you think that tech? Would, okay, first thing, would you say that the tech community and specifically the blockchain community has an education problem? Yes, there is an education problem because, <laughs> mm. um, for for example, I would I would give you an example. Um, back in twenty seventeen, I met I met um, a guy who is now the CMO of a company. I wouldn't I'll, I'll keep them anonymous, right? Sure. So I I I I I walked up to him. I met him at an event in Victoria Island in Lagos, and then I asked him, "Okay, um, tell me more about your platform." So he goes, okay, so when the blockchain talks to the EDA block and, uh, you know, the Solidity Smart Contract, it's like, it's this. And I was like, calm down, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying because I'm in this, I'm in the blockchain industry, but I, I don't, I, and I know a little bit about the Solidity Smart Contract and about, you know, it was just, I didn't come to hear that, not like talk to me in, in, in a language that I, I understand. So, you know, it just couldn't, tell me where I needed to hear. So, you know, I went to meet the CEO and, you know, in just two lines, he was a very great communicator, in just two lines, he, he, he broke it down for me, I know. So uh, this is a problem that I've seen in in the space. Uh, you know, a lot of people are very tech, they are very good tech um, guys, you know, when it comes to this, uh, to the coding and the programming and developing smart contracts and all of that, they are, they are excellent people. But when it comes to communicating their ideas and what exactly are the products solving? What problem is the product solving? You know, they are very terrible at that. So I think we need more communicators and people, you know, who can who can you know take a very complex um, subject matter and present it to people, even people who are who are very smart. You know, not to talk of the general public now. People who are very smart. You know, how, how, how to tell them and you know table this in a language that they understand. So yeah, I think there's a communication problem and we need much more excellent communicators in the industry. Yeah, definitely. And what you find a lot in tech, as someone who's not a developer, I mean, I take a lot of tech classes and I, you know, we've talked about this, me like learning about tech, but learning about it for my own knowledge, not necessarily because I'm gonna become a full stack developer. Like that's not my role in the blockchain space, but I, I do have an appreciation for that. But I agree with you that there is a there is a very, very big gap between creating the technology and then being able to sell the technology. And a lot of the times in blockchain, you find blockchain people are just selling to other blockchain people. Like, I mm -hmm. guess there's, I guess that's where it's just infrastructure is perhaps being built out at the moment, but very, I, I see very few companies building tech that's going to serve the public. I see them building tech that's serving other blockchain companies or like business to business. So it's just like a small group of people serving each other. And I wonder if that is really, um, I don't know if, if that's the right approach because I firmly believe that technology is here to improve lives, not just to improve a small group of people mm -hmm. that build technology. You know, so yeah. it's 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 definitely one of those things. So going back to this second layer, do you believe that, like we talked about, everybody everybody has a role role to play? Looking at people like creators, people like creators, like I'm a creator, right? I create a lot of different types of content. Like that's one of the things that I do. What 
what role do we have to play? People that create content, writers, um, podcasters, anybody that's curating anything. What role do we do we have to play in in this space? Is it just storytelling so that people can understand what what the technology is or what it does? Is it is it being the faces of of different brands who don't know how to do it themselves like what do you think we should do okay um you know i, I once i once had a quote sometimes i can't remember where i had it but the quote says um if you build the best tech in the world and no one uses it it's a, it's a failed tech right mm. and though know, that quotes have kind of stuck on my head ever since and it's it's um it's it means a lot of things but so the blockchain industry, it means if you create the best blockchain project, you create the fastest blockchain, you know, you create a blockchain that no one can hack or no, no, it's, it's no, that there can never be a 51% attack on, you know, all these stuff. But if no one is actually using it, it's, I think it's a failure, right? And mm -hmm. so I think um, what we as creators, what, what we, the, the role we are going to play or we will play in this industry is, you know, getting people to know about this tech it's a very simple thing but it's broad actually getting mm. people to know about this tech so you know and i feel there are, there are various channels there are various ways of letting people know that okay this is a product uh that could solve a problem for you you know and all of that so now it's it's know that, that there, are, there are people who, who are going to focus on you know creating video content that people are going to focus on creating ebooks. That people are going to, you know, they're going to be the journalists, the PR guys, and they're going to people be people who are going to distribute this content. So there's there's a long value chain along along just letting people know that this product exists. So there's a very long value chain, and there's a lot of role as creators to play, Miranda. I love that, and and I think it's also important that everybody recognizes everybody's role to play because sometimes we can be very dismissive of like, okay, well, this is a salesperson or this is the PR person or this is the tech person. I think it's it's important to not operate in silos and appreciate right. that things things work well when everybody knows their part and everybody can execute on that and, and you understand mm -hmm. how that overlaps with everything else, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So shall we move to the third layer then, which is the public? Yes. The main yeah, so beneficiaries think, of, of this, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think this is where I I play a lot. This is the field where I play a lot. This is the layer where you know I I you know um ply my trade and I think I think you know we are building the whole point of blockchain and you know if, if we go back to, to Satoshi's uh Bitcoin white paper and you know a lot of interesting stuff was, was at the end, you know, basically he wanted to create, you know, a payment system where, uh, you know, no third party could have access to, you know, something that could help value be shared around the world, you know, back in, um, let's say back in 2010 or, or you know, don't, don't let me go that far. But back back in 2014, before I knew Bitcoin or 2015, when I Bitcoin, I could play. I was playing Facebook games with a lot of friends in in Indonesia, and 
and, and uh, a lot of countries like that. So, you know, we could send texts to each other, we could, you know, send uh, uh, a lot of pictures to each other, but it was very difficult to send money or receive money from anyone. And it was quite very annoying. Like, in an age of fast internet, in an age where we could, we could uh, you know, have video calls, but I can't send money to you. It was, it was quite difficult. So, and mm. the, the only options that were available were the Western Union, the MoneyGram, but they're quite very expensive, and you know, they take a lot of time. And and most recently, I think Western Union banned Nigeria from from uh, having any transactions. So there are a lot of these are the problems that Satoshi Nakamoto try to you know create was just to solve a problem for people now now um people that you know we have billions billions of people in the world about seven billion right and they are so you know everyone is interested in in different things and you know some people are interested in tech some people read books you know we just have people with different characters all around the world so now, how do you how do you tell people you are trying to solve their problem in a language that they could understand? All right. So, for for instance, um, during one of my research last year, I found out that um, there is a very huge problem around intra-African remittance, right? And and what this means is it's quite difficult to send money from Nigeria to Ghana. Ghana is just a neighboring country down in Nigeria, very close to Nigeria. Yeah? Mm. But you, you, you figure out it's, it's quite difficult to send money to Nigeria. It's difficult to send money from Nigeria to Zambia. And I, uh, in my research, I found out that um, South Africa is, is, is the country where uh, that has the highest volume of you know, uh, intra-African remittance. So a lot of people are sending money from South Africa down to you know their origin countries and uh i figured out that they, they're doing this through a lot of informal channels and you know they lose a lot of money along them so how, how do you communicate how do you tell this person like uh, there is a technology or there's a product that can solve this problem for you so this is where education boils down to and this is you know basically talking to people in a language that they understand. So I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a lot of uh, mistakes that uh, um, some startups have actually worked with, and some that I've observed from, you know, from far away, trying to, you know, educate uh, the general public about the blockchain tech itself, right? And I feel it's a mistake because not everyone is interested in learning about this tech, right? They're interested in learning about what this tech, what problem can this solve? They're not, they, 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 they don't even want to know about the tech, but is there a product that can solve my problem? I don't care if the blockchain is the one powering it or it's a centralized server. I don't, I don't care about all of that. So now these are, these are, these are the people that we are building products for. So we, there's a need for education, uh, uh, in a way, in a, you know, in using storytelling, using a lot of all these content strategies and uh, uh, marketing elements and all of that. So, talking to people in a, in a, in a language and that they understand, right? So, if I was to approach someone who needs, uh, who, who, who has a problem sending money from South Africa to his own country, Zambia, I wouldn't go and say, hi, do you know there's a technology where blocks are mined every two minutes, you know, he, he doesn't he doesn't understand that and he probably doesn't care. But if I go to the same person and tell you that, hey, there's a product 
there's this app you could use. You just you know convert your uh, your fiat currency into money on the app, and then you send it to perhaps your loved ones back at home. They have to install the same app. You send the money to them, and you know, and then withdraw it to their bank account. You know, that makes a lot of sense because it's solving a problem and you're giving a solution to um to 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 to, to a problem that is experiencing. So yeah, I think um education to the general public is a whole different ballgame. It's it's us to do it, you know, you know, telling stories, using relatable day-to-day -day activities to, you know, to put the products in, in front of them. So yeah, that, that, that's right. That's what I think. Yeah, and I think I'll, uh, just to, what you said is is so is so spot on. I think, and also you have to start with with people where they are, not where you want them to be. So you can't exactly. you can't wrangle people into the future. As much as this thing is futuristic, you really have to start with them where they are. So if it's basic, you got to give it to them basic, and that's a skill. Mm -hmm. Like you said earlier, the ability to take something very complicated and break it down its most simple form. Because again, just repeating what you said, nobody cares how it works as long as, so long as it works and it gets the job done. So how exactly. do you translate to, like you said, the person who wants to send money home? It's just like, hey, there's this, there's this app you can use, you can send it. And they, they wanna know three things, you know? How much does it cost? How quickly? How quickly does it get there? And can it be verified once it's there? You know, like basic stuff. And um, yeah. and and that's kind of how you have to, to talk to people. But I think I think um, also storytelling. Storytelling is is really powerful. And you you did that really well in your book. You should plug your book before we before we get off. But um, you've just used <laughs> everyday everyday things to interact with everyday with everyday people. Because I think we would all be remiss if we have this amazing technology that nobody actually uses because nobody understands it because the people who are pushing it are, you know, some maybe just too intelligent. Sometimes, you know, too much intelligence can be a problem when you're trying to, to explain something, right? Maybe. Yeah. 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 It's important to know your audience and understand your audience and, and be able to communicate, communicate the value and whatnot. So can you, like you mentioned, there's some startups that don't, obviously don't give names, but like projects who uh, you recognize or observe that they didn't do so well when communicating this information. What do you think, how, how like if, you know, this community, for example, is for early stage entrepreneurs, right? You've got tech people in this community. How would you best, um, like what words of advice would you give to them? based on the experiences that you've had in seeing these startups not do it so well on how to craft things, like what should they avoid so that they don't become that startup that's saying things in the wrong way and not getting the right people? Because you have so many great products out there, but they never get off the ground because they're just being positioned incorrectly or the value isn't being shown or, or whatnot. Well, I would, I would start with, you know, having, Always, I think I think um, you know perhaps for for every blockchain startup, a marketing team or your marketing pet or, or your marketer should should be should be in the in the design in the design phase. 
mm. of, of the hub. You know, in the ideation phase, when the whole project is still an idea, I think a marketer should be a part of that. And why I say this is because um, a lot of people, a lot of projects don't think about the people, they don't think about the users, they think about, they're, they're so obsessed with the product, like, mm. yeah, the products want to make this product better, but what about the people who are going to use this product, right? And mm. I feel, I feel from what I've seen so far, a lot of them don't, they don't care about market. That was a, that was a, that was a, uh, a startup that I consulted for and, you know, they didn't have, they have such an amazing product that is solving the real problems, or, you know, they didn't have, um, no one handling their marketing for over nine months. And I was like, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Then how how do you intend to get people to use this, right? There was no, there was no, there was no user research, there was no proper design um, during the whole creation of the projects and, and, and so I was like, I was quite very disappointed. And this is something that I, I so much love about um Cello and which is uh, where I work. Uh, you know, before before any product pro product or, or a product was launched, right? There was about a year dedicated to, to user research and design, right? So we had teams who traveled down to Venezuela, you know, imagine markets to Kenya, Tanzania, you know, spending hours and hours on the field trying to understand who are these people we are creating this product for, right? So a lot of elements of, you know, of of the users and the people who are these things are created for was you know brought down to a board and you know before the pro the, the uh, any any product was launched right so this is something i advise a lot of startups and projects who want to get out there you know make sure you are you're obsessed with, with the consumer of, of whatever product you're trying to to launch right understand how these people think understand how how uh, your, your your product can help solve the problem. Be obsessed with with the, with, the, with the users and the consumers of the product, right? So, I would say yes. And a lot of focus should be paid to the design because um, at the end of the day, it is people who would use these things, right? So, a lot of focus should be paid to the design and always have a marketer or or a marketing guy or a marketing person in the room before before even creating any product because they have much more experience about how people think they have experience about you know they can bring all these human elements into the old tech thing and you know when text and human comes together it's it's it works out so well right <laughs> that's the that's the perfect scenario right that's that's like the fifth industrial revolution when tech and human beings start doing great things together Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so brilliant, Peter. So you gave us the three layers of blockchain education. So we've got the the government layer, the the regulators, lawmakers, etc. You've got the key players, the businesses, the creators, the entrepreneurs, the tech developers, and and so on and so forth. And then you have the public. So yeah. in any any attempt to educate about blockchain all three of these layers have to be working together in tandem, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay, and how does one go about, I mean, managing managing all of these layers? For example, if you're, if you're um, building, if you're if you're building a business, if you're an entrepreneur, I guess you got to have one leg in in those government bodies or in those regulatory associations to make sure that you understand what's happening and that you can kind of push for what what would work for your industry. And then you've got to have, 
then you're sort of in, in the middle layer and you're working with all of those people around you. And then of course, you're making sure that you're out there, like you said, have a marketing person on your team that understands that understands the public and, and so on, right? Exactly. Okay. So what else would you like to share with us beyond these layers, what they are and why they're important in terms of blockchain education in Africa, specifically now in Africa? Because this is all about the African continent. Well, I would say, um, you see, uh, I think the blockchain tech is not, just not, uh, or blockchain and crypto put together, it's not just a speculation for Africans. It's not just a thing that you play with. It's not just a futuristic thing. It's a thing that could so, that could save lives, mm. that could you know you know that could boost econ economic growth for for the continent. You know that could basically help Africa leapfrog most of the economic crisis that we are facing right you now. From from you know um, electoral voting to remittance to you know just just a lot of stuff so it is it is a lifeline for africans right so it is this is not just not a plating so this is why i i personally put a lot of effort and you know i've, I've all my whole career has been in you know the, in the blockchain industry so it's it is more than just making a few bucks on some trading it is more about you know um changing lives with, with this with this with this technology right so and i would advise anyone who is listening to you know um, see beyond the trillions of dollars <laughs> flowing in the market and, and look at how how we could contribute to to saving people's life using this product, using this technology right now. That's a perfect ending, Peter. Perfect, perfect ending. And um, yeah, for I think in in I I'm, I mean I'm not from Africa, so I can't speak for anybody in, on the continent, but I can say that it's not like you said it's not about an alternative asset <laughs> it's about it's about like you said it's a lifeline right. i love i love how you said that it's a lifeline and um i agree you should definitely be looking at the technology to solve problems i mean i know it sounds pollyannish you know make the world a better place but i mean i feel like that's the purpose of technology that's that's why we have all this technology around us it's it's to improve us right to make us better to make everything yeah. better so we have to make sure that we're like i always say we are ahead of it and shaping it and not allowing it to shape us and that can only be done through the right kind of education so Peter, it has been a absolute pleasure to talk to you in public. We have private conversations, but this is our first public conversation. And yeah. I hope and I hope it's the first of many because everybody should know that you're a rising star in the blockchain industry. So much more is going I to come from Peter. Um, <laughs> thank, thank you so much for having me. It's it's always a pleasure speaking with you. And you know, I learned a lot of things and you know. I, I feel like um, we are we are working towards uh, a, a bigger a bigger vision mm. than, than ourselves. So yeah, definitely. It's a Thank you so definitely. much. Definitely. Before you go, can you tell us about your ebook and your writing? Where you know maybe give us a little bit of synopsis of your book, where people can find it, and where people can find your writing generally, because that's something you do a lot of, and any social media or anything like that. If people can reach out to you or want to reach out to you, if you don't mind. Okay, um, my Twitter handle is um, Kupali99. Um, you can always reach out to me on Twitter. And then 
Um, I, I put a lot of thoughts on my website, which is oluwashinopizza.com. So I have a blog section where, you know, I write a lot of stuff and um, you can also join my email list. I send out uh, newsletters perhaps every two, two weeks. And then about my book, yeah, um, actually I have two eBooks. Um, one of them is called uh, uh, the blockchain, uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency, the new oil, which is where I talked about, you know, explain blockchain, why uh, blockchain is very important, you know, and then the career opportunities available in the industry, you know, for any skilled or uh, any creative, right? And then the second one is a little bit uh, specific for Nigerians, and uh, it's uh, called the multi-billion dollar industry you can make money from. And, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of Nigerians are very much interested in making money, so I kind of wrote something that could uh, you know, help them get into the industry through uh, applying their skills, you know, uh, whatever skills they have, you know, they could uh, be a part of the blockchain industry. And yeah, so um, you can find both ebooks on oluwashinopizza.com and um, the one of them is free on one of them is paid. And then for the first ebook, it's going on Amazon, perhaps in a month or two months' times. I, I don't know when yet because I'm quite very busy with work. So yeah. Uh, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, um, Holista Valibu. Thank you so much, guys. Excellent. Yes, the rare ones will reach out to Peter. And um, please connect with Peter. Peter's a really e nice guy, really easy guy to talk to, as you can tell. And definitely someone who's interesting in educating people. So don't be shy. All right. Thank you so much, Peter. And until next time, bye for now. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for joining us. This is an original Rare Birds HQ creation. It was produced by Rare Birds HQ and is meant for informational purposes only. If you enjoyed today's show, let me know by writing a review and do share it with your friends. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe to receive the weekly podcast newsletters, weekly news, and of course, more podcasts. Do visit the website at www.rarebirdshq.com. Until next time, rare ones, bye for now.